Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. So here it is, it's episode number 13 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Just like to wish everybody a happy new year. Welcome to 2018 and today we're going to be discussing a preview of what's to come in 2018. So first of all, I'd just like to introduce my guest for the evening. Uh, he works for various little outlets, uh, one of them being Behind the Gloves and one of them being... Well, I wouldn't say this one's a, a little one in the northwest. It's quite a big one. It's VIP Boxing Promotions. Uh, it's Luke Madeira. Luke, thanks for coming on. No worries. Excited to get started. So we, we what, what I wanted to do today is I wanted to go through 2018 and talk about uh, a lot of the big things that we think are going to happen. Uh, the prospects, the local fighters, uh, what's happening on the British scene, what's happening on the world scene, or what's potentially going to happen. And then we want to look at, by the end of 2018, what that potential top 10 pound for pound list is going to look like. Uh, I mean, we know how it looks at the moment. Uh, it's looking pretty good, but we want to sort of speculate on, on how it's going to look by the end of of 2018 uh, so uh, go straight to it we want to look at the local scene we want to look at the sort of northwestern surrounding areas and um, before we started the podcast we, we you know we had a little sit down and we talked about local fighters that have impressed us in 2017 and who we think in 2018 are going to be ones to watch for around the northwest so I've made my list I'll go through, we'll go through one by one um, so I'll do my first one <laughs> I'll do my first one, and my first one, top of the list, uh, is Danny Wright. Um, Danny, a great fighter. I've interviewed him a few times now. Uh, I've watched quite a few of his fights. Um, he's had five fights in 2017, so he's been very active. And this year looks like it could be a very big year for him in terms of stepping up for professional titles. A lot of people in the boxing circuit are telling me that he's going to be the next Ricky Hatton. 
what do you think about that one Luke Danny Wright's outstanding I, I don't say it about a lot of people and I commentate on a lot of these guys and Danny Wright's got something about him that is just unbelievable and he's still dead grounded you can tell he's still working hard but he's got that core support behind him everywhere he goes they have a few dodgy songs uh, that <laughs> really broadcast on there but um, yeah he's got a good following and he's, he's working hard and improving with every fight and last time out in Wigan phenomenal there's some of those body shots he was throwing you it hurt me watching it. <laughs> Phenomenal fighter, it really is. If he can keep his head on and keep improving like he is, the sky's the limit for Danny. No, I agree, uh, and that's that's why he was the first one on my list I picked because I've obviously I've seen a lot of him and I've seen a lot of people getting excited about him. And I I personally feel watching him in the gym, uh, at Ben Lancaster's gym down in Middleton, and uh, the group of lads are there, um, and and then watching him in the ring and and some of the stuff he's done this this past year gone. He, you know he's looking very very impressive and and you know it's a very very tough division that he's in yeah. um and there's a lot of very good prospects coming through uh light whale to weight or super lightweight and um i think this year could be the really you know the coming out party so to speak you know i think if you can get another four or five fights in this year um you know get to sort of the end of the year by you know 12 and 0 or so uh, 12, 13 and 0 I think that's when you know you, you're going to be looking at someone who's potentially even going to yeah. be challenging for maybe English and you know even up to the British I mean some people might say to me it's too soon to say something like that but when you see a talent like that it's not too soon to say yeah, it yeah and that's super lightweight division even in the VIP stable it's like you've got people like Tom O'Farrell who's looking to rebuild Ryan Mulcahy and Bilal Raymond might meet for Central Area title Mulcahy wants to defend that belt so if you put him in with someone like Danny Wright what a fight that would be Every VIP show, probably a quarter of the fights are at the super lightweight division. Everyone's buzzing around that weight at the moment, and just everyone's getting to that British title level at the same time. And hopefully, we can get these fights made and we can see who is the best out of all of them. But I can't wait for, for 2018 with these lot. A good thing is, obviously, with um, with Danny and with, like you say, people like Bilal Raymond uh, and Ryan Mulcahy, they're all under, uh, obviously, Steve Wood. So with them being under Steve Wood, it's probably a lot easier for Steve to try and make them fights as well, um, which would be great, you know, if they, if, if they potentially could happen. But he was at the he was at the top of my list, Danny. What about you? Yeah, Danny's up there. I've got to say, Danny and Shaq Ali, Shaquille Ali, his them two have really impressed this year, and for two different reasons really. Danny's been been quality throughout, and even his first fight, you can see the special talent. Shaquille kind of came under the radar a little bit at the start, and then he threw that uppercut against Liam Richards, didn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's when he kind of erupted onto the scene and people started looking at him. I was on commentary with Omar Dusri that day. Um, I think Dusri nearly wet himself when I got landed because <laughs> he's a good friend of Shaquille. But honestly, I've never seen a shot like it from ringside. It was, He is one to look out for. And he's landing his uppercuts against these journeymen that are notoriously hard to hit. And for him to be landing on people shows that he has got a special talent. He's just got to keep working at it. I think it's, um, I think it's funny because... I've got Shakib as my second on the list. Uh, he had four fights in 2017, so he was quite active, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that particular uppercut against Liam Richards was um, was one that got mentioned on the uh, the review of the year that Aki Kareem, uh, John Evans, and Lee Hogan did recently. Uh, if you've not already watched that, give that a watch. Um, they mentioned that particular that particular fighter, Shakib Ali, and in his uppercut. And uh, funnily enough, I posted something about it a couple of days back uh, about uppercuts in boxing and who who had or who has the best one. And you know, for a local guy, Shakib, he's got one of the best ones I've seen. Yeah. Um, and in terms of 2018. 
I, I think now at this stage he's, he's 7-0 and uh, I think if you could have another 3-4 fights this year again you're going to be looking at uh, maybe picking up a British challenge along the way and then maybe progressing for the English by the end of the year I mean I suppose that's what I suppose that's that. That's what they'd want to see. Yeah. But again, it's it's in reality. You know what type of fights we can. You know they can get for him because when he's putting performances on like that, who's going to want to fight him? You know yeah, which promoter. Exactly. Which promoter's going to want to let their fighter go near him? Yeah. So and it, there's nothing wrong with learning. Look at Zelfa Barrett. He's had he had a lot of learning fights, didn't he? Is he 23 and 0 now? No, he's not. He's 19 and 0 now. But that's a lot of fights for someone who's been spoken about such a huge talent. But they've let him out of the cage now, and he's showing why they've had Pat's held him back and had all these learning fights and just gradually stepped him up. And we'll talk about him later. I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Zelfa um, a little bit later on. But yeah, Shakib Ali definitely one for for both myself and Luke that we've put on the list. Um, for 2018 as, as someone to be looking out for in the northwest scene um, my next one on the list uh, is Dale Coyne Dale Canelo Coyne uh, from Steve Maylitz and Coach Jim um, I've been very very impressed with his last few performances um, he's had five fights uh, this year very impressive very impressive the the one that stood out for me um I know he had a really good fight against Ben Davies at the Wigan show, but I wasn't there to see it. I did watch it afterwards, but the one that I was there live to see was the one that I was on commentary with you on, which was the Daryl Sharp mm-hmm. fight. Uh, and and we, we know how notorious Daryl Sharp is in terms of being a guy who's who can be very difficult to hit but also a, a, a guy you just can't shift him <laughs> you just yeah. can't shift him out of the ring he's just he never says he never says no yeah and sometimes Daryl turns up and you can tell he's just there to get a few quid and go home he's happy to just tuck up and take a few shots but you see it against John Telford against Ben Davis for that Central title fight and against Dale their three performances I've seen him live where it stands up that he was showing how good he is and Dale did a very very good job on him and negated all the skills that he had and don't get me wrong, that is a really good win at the stage of this career for Dale Coyne because it wasn't easy. And then Ben Davis, that was another tough fight. Yeah, yeah. Not many fighters would have taken that fight just before Christmas, but it was perfect for him because although he won by quite a wide margin on my scorecard and a lot of other people ringside, it was not easy for him. He didn't get a break any point in the round. And credit to Steve Mailer and the guys in the gym for getting him in the condition he is because we've seen it with Terry, haven't we? And all the other guys, Jake Bulger, Dylan Evans, yeah. everyone that's coming through that gym, you know that they could probably do about 50 rounds at a pace like that. Well, you've been down there, haven't you, and yeah, done that little video with the training and oh. stuff, so you know exactly how it feels to be down there. You don't realise the heat in there, it's like a sauna. It is, I've been in there, it's, it's horrible. Unbelievable. But that's why they do it, and you're starting to get to that level now, these fighters, there's Terry up there, but below him, all these guys at the finest are just starting to get towards that title level now at the right time yeah and I think again when we look at 2018 and what that's going to bring Dale's now uh, 12 and 0 so he's, he's you know he's a little bit further on than say Danny or Shakib you know in their respective careers yeah. so I, I've, I've done interviews with Dale a few times now and you know I think this year for him is where he does pick up a professional title and I don't think he'd just pick up one I think there's a, a good chance he could pick up uh, a central area a British challenge an English yeah. and then maybe by the end of 2018 I would be expecting him to be 
his name put him, getting put forward for uh, maybe even eliminators for for British, and I, I genuinely believe that's how far he can you know go. But I do believe he can go further than that personally. But in terms of 2018, I think by the end of it, I, I, I do see him with a professional title uh, and then pushing up the ranks and then pushing on for um, a potential shot. Uh, you know, in 2019, yeah. at a British title, which is which is what I'd love to see him go for in 2019. So he was the next one on my list. Um, what about yourself? I, someone similar to Dale, actually, in, in the stage of their career. Lyndon Arthur, I think Lyndon is looking like a phenomenal talent, a really powerful fighter, and he's at kind of the same stage as Dale now, where he's ready for these big fights, and hopefully we'll see them in 2018. But you never know. They might do the same thing what they did with Zelfa and let him learn a little bit more and learn his trade, and there's nothing wrong with that. These guys are young. There's no rush. If, if they were, Lyndon was 30, he'd be saying he needs the next fight needs to be a big one, but he's not. He can progress now, learn his trade. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. That <laughs> I'm a bit jealous that I didn't think of him. No, I didn't think of Lyndon as a, a, a talent for 2018, but. Um, you know, when you, when you think of fighters and you think of people that you know are going to burst onto the scene in 2018, I agree that Lyndon is definitely one of the Lyndon Arthur because he's, um, you know, he's shown his explosiveness. Uh, he's powerful. Um, you know, he's, he, he was on the um, he was on the Parker Fury card, yeah. although he was a floater uh, that night, so he did come on after the main event. Uh, but again, he didn't. He made short work of his opponent, and and that's what he does. He makes short work of his opponents, and he's getting that reputation now for being a very hard hitting knockout artist. And you know, as 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 Pat progresses him through the ranks and the fighters. It's going to be hard to 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 keep him at a certain level without unleashing him, like you said with Elfie. Obviously, they've kept him at a level and progressed him slowly through, and now he's he's been unleashed. But we, you know, I thought I think he's going to struggle to do that with Lyndon. I really do because when yeah. he's when he's knocking people over like he is, you're going to struggle to get people that are going to want to fight him again. So they're going to then be forced in a situation where they're going to need to step him up. Otherwise he's going to end up fighting too many people that he's knocking over for fun and he's not really learning any more than what he needs to learn then if you put him in with a really tough guy you know a, a level above what he's been fighting then there's a, there's a good chance we'll see if he if he has got what it takes to, to get to the top and I do believe that so yeah Lyndon Arthur a very good one on the list um, there from Luke and my final one um, th- you know just before I give you my final one I just want to make sure that everybody knows that there's no bias involved in picking these fighters that I'm picking on my list. Um, you know, there's so many fighters out there that I could have sat there and gone, oh, these fighters are 2018. There is, there's so many of them around the Northwest that, that you could sit here and say, you'd be here all night basically doing the podcast. And I, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> as much as I love this podcast, uh, I, I do want to I do want to give the four fighters that I've got on my list uh, a mention because I think... 2018 is one journey uh, that you should be following and my final one on the list is from Kieran Farrell's gym uh, it's Dylan Moran uh, from Waterford Island he's currently 3-0 and and if you've not already seen any of the coverage that I've provided uh, with Dylan any of the interviews or even a couple of his fights that I've done live streams on through Facebook he's someone that's really really impressed me in that short early on, short part of his career you know he's very early on at 3-0 and for me 
he, he can tell he's a born fighter. You know, he was a former amateur kickboxer. Uh, he had, you know, over 100 kickboxing matches. And, you know, he won a lot of accolades within the kickboxing world. And he transitioned over to professional. And you know what? His first fight, he was up at middleweight. So he jumped up from uh, welterweight to middleweight to fight Chris Jenkinson, mm-hmm. who we know is a tough, tough opponent. And he, he, he did a good job on Chris Jenkinson, a very good job. Yeah. Uh, he do, it takes a lot to do a job on Chris Jenkinson, as we know. So that impressed me straight away. And then he had a fight at the Middleton Arena on the 22nd of September 2017. And, uh, you know, he blew away his opponent, um, who I then, his opponent, who I seen against another fighter from the Northwest later on, who, who went six rounds with that particular, same particular opponent. So you kind of sometimes judge a fighter based on how they've done against other fighters you always sort of look at that uh, that that measuring stick so to speak with that so um i think i think dylan uh, is is going to be definitely one to watch in 2018 and and there's there's not a vast majority of fighters coming out of of Ireland you know obviously you've got your big ones like your Framptons um and your female is, is in Katie Taylor but you've not got any major major other fighters that you know, of note that are coming through. So people like Dylan, who's basing himself over here, again, it's going to be brilliant to watch how 2018 ends up. And I think by the end of the year, you know, Kieran will probably keep him very active. And, you know, you're looking at sort of seven, maybe eight and oh, by the end of the year, hopefully for Dylan. But I do strongly recommend that if you don't follow him, he's one for you to follow for 2018 on the local scene. Uh, Luke, over to you. What about you and your, any more picks for prospects for 2018? Kane Gardner. I've got to put Kane in there. He's only had three fights, but he talked to a lot of people within the game and he's looking like he, he could go all the way. And I don't like saying that about people who only had three fights because I've seen him, what, have nine rounds of boxing. But made his debut against Al Hamidi, I think. And um, looked good. Nothing. It was one of those debuts. He looked good, but you didn't think, wow. And then he fought Christian late and what a performance that was. He dropped Christian in the fourth round and really hurt him and... I've watched Christian too many rounds. I've watched Christian. See, <laughs> every week he seems to be there. But Kane did something that I've not seen anyone do to Christian. Um, and then last time out, he got his first stoppage. And you could see he was hitting hard with Al Hamidi and Christian yeah. late. But you know what they're like. Christian was hurt really badly. But he has that instinct in him. He can get through. He got in with a guy that didn't really know what he was, was facing. Come over to fight Kane and... He swiftly got back on the plane to go home after about two and a half minutes. Um, yeah, Kane for me is. I know a lot of people speak highly of him, and I think he's really is one to watch for I, this year. I, I totally agree. Again, like I just said a bit earlier, you know, I'm not. I'm not got any bias towards any of the guys on my list as such. I have covered, you know, them. I've done interviews with these guys in particular, but these are guys that I've genuinely watched live and I've been really, really impressed with. Uh, I have seen Kane live a couple of times, and I am very impressed with Kane as well. So, you know, he's a good a local fight to have on the list to say 2018. You know, holds a, a lot of good things for Kane Gardner. Uh, I think. Again, you're looking at a guy who can be quite easily progressed up the ranks pretty quickly. He's another guy that's super lightweight as well. Another one to put in that mix. Maybe, maybe not 2018. You know, maybe towards the end of it, depending on how busy he is. But he has been busy in these first three fights. But yeah. That division is the one I think in the domestic scene. Oh, absolutely. I think the Northwest is booming with in terms of that particular division yeah. at the moment. So. 
it's going to be difficult for people like Steve Wood to keep these fighters away from each other for so long because you know it's going to get to the point where they're all going to be progressing at the same level at the same time and yeah. you're going to be forced to kind of put them in against each other which is not a bad thing which is great for boxing and great for, for British boxing as, as, a, as a whole really because we want to see these fights yeah. uh, we want to see them happen uh, but they are having the time to, to be nurtured and I think 2018 for a lot of the guys on these lists that we've done uh, it's, this is the year for them to be nurtured and this is you know they've had the 2017 um, they've had you know the introduction to the professional game uh, and now this is 2018 and this is the time where they start to really progress through the ranks and then we start to see uh, how well yeah, these guys can do so yeah. that that's that's my roundup of um, particular fighters I think shout out by the way not because he sent me a nice tweet <laughs> but genuinely because he he fought Ibra Riaz in what April time something around April time and dropped him in that one and looked really good and People tipped him as 2017 to be his year, but obviously he had a bit of an incident when he was on a night out. And Luckily, he's recovering and he's got his licence still and he can still box, but his career's been put on hold a bit and I think it's given him a little bit more desire. And I yeah. think we'll see that in 2018. He'll have a little bit more when he's in the ring, training with Ricky Hatton and Blaine Eunice now in a gym that's absolutely booming. Oh yeah, absolutely booming. That is now. Um, and that will really bring the best out of him. Um, so yeah, he deserves a shout out. Absolutely, no, I, uh, I I agree. You know, again, I agree with the shout outs that you give him because the thing is, you know, it's, there's so many guys that you could give shout outs to yeah. uh, who who genuinely you want you want to see do well, and you you, you know you after seeing what they've done so far, you, you genuinely believe they are going to do well. So, uh, big shout out to all those guys on the list uh, and obviously to all the guys that we, you, you know who you are you know you, we, we speak to you a lot you know both myself and Luke on different occasions have spoken to you so you know uh big 2018 for you guys uh, so that sort of rounds up the local scene um, initially for me for 2018 um, obviously there's going to be a lot of shows I know Steve Wood's putting a few shows on a couple in February a couple in March mm-hmm. and then having a couple of week break um, obviously waiting to hear the announcement of, of other local shows um, so as soon as they come through you know I'll we'll be looking forward to doing some coverage with them but I want to move on and, and sort of work our way over now to the British scene because overall boxing in Britain um, I've got to be honest and well I'm going to be honest and biased at the same time and say it's the best place for it at the moment I can't I, I, I can't think of anywhere else in the world that that's booming as much as British boxing is and you know we're going to talk about that now so um, a couple of local fighters uh, that we have touched upon earlier on uh, the first one being Zelfa Barrett so Zelfa 19-0 and 0, now he had a, a good fight with Chris Conwell uh, a couple of months back and he's now the uh, English champ at super featherweight um, so we're looking at 2018 for, for Zelfa now I'd like I'd probably like to say he's he's up there now in terms of the British scene people have seen his performance on the uh, Box Nation show and they've seen he's a talent and, and obviously Box Nation and yourself, you've you've done a bit for Box Nation yourself, and obviously John Evans does a lot with him. And you know, I know he 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 tips self for a lot to be a big guy for 2018. And I, I genuinely believe we're going to see something special out of him this year. Yeah, him and Liam Woodstock are kind of building towards that. The British title tend to and getting that'd be a great fight. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Zelf Zelf is looking great now. Him with Chris Conwell took the fight at the right time for him, and. A few people criticised Pat Barrett for keeping him back so, for so long, but it proved to be right, didn't it? And Zelf is just coming out of his shell now and just showing everyone. And maybe a clash with Sam Bowen down the line as well. Sam's a guy that not a lot of people know too much about, but them three, Leon, Zelfa and Sam, could 
have some classic fights down the line if they all keep progressing the way they are. Sam Bowen is a he's a very big puncher as well, Sam Bowen, and I think um, a lot of people have um, in the boxing community are if, if you look online um, because obviously he's based down south and he doesn't get the same coverage up here because we do the northwest and a lot of people are raving about Sam Bowen uh, down south mm-hmm. and the, a lot of people I've heard a few people actually say and, and I've seen them online say that they um, they keep himself away from Sam Bowen because they they don't want no part of him. I don't genuinely believe that's the case. Um, my thoughts on that are, like you said earlier, they're doing the right thing and they're progressing him at a level where they feel ready to unleash him and they've unleashed him uh, against a very, very tough opponent in Chris Conwell uh, who's beat some very good opponents himself. So that was that was a statement from Zelfa Barrett and I think there's many more statements to come this year. Um, will that clash happen this year? I don't know. I'd like to see it, but I'm, I'm probably swaying more towards 2019 before you sort of yeah. get that type of clash. Zelfa and Leon Woodstock potentially by the end of the year could happen, but again, it's just a, it's just about making the right fights at the right time, and, and obviously Frank Warren, um, you know, he's, he's he's fair play to him. He's putting on some good shows recently. Um, he's had a lot of stick in the past twelve months because obviously Eddie Hearn seems to have taken over as the UK's main promoter but Frank Warren's been around for a very long time and he, you know, he's kind of reinvented himself with the deal with Box Nation and BT Sport and now we've seen a lot more coverage of guys like Zelfa Barrett, Leon Woodstock and we're going to see a lot more you know, over the next 12 months so Zelfa Barrett for me is, is definitely one to watch on the British scene for 2018 um, another one again he's another local guy this is how much boxing um, boxing is booming in the north west Mark Efron um, he's, he's 18 and 0 now Mark and obviously we've seen him stop uh, Lewis Taylor in his last fight and Lewis Taylor's never been stopped and that again was a massive statement what do you think about Mark Efron with dropping out to middleweight isn't he now Mark and yeah if he can make that we talked about it before if he can make that weight right which I know he can because he has done it He's going to be absolutely devastating. There's something about his punches that just... He just obliterates people. Lewis Taylor is as tough as they come. And he's not just tough. He, he was throwing punches back and stuff. But I don't, it's, there's something about Mark that seems special. And he's another one in that gym with Ricky Hatton, isn't he? And Ricky's really taking him under his wing. Yeah. And he's been sparring people like Daryl Williams in the gym every week, who is a very good fighter in his own right. So he's been learning all the time and... Again, like Zelfa, this is his time to come out. He's got a final eliminate for the British title. He has, up. yeah. So it's against Liam uh, Liam Cameron, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's I, a good test for him. I think it's a very good test for him. And 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 looking at social media, Liam Cameron is is. is absolutely ecstatic to be getting that fight with Mark and yeah. there seems to be a few words of respect between them which is nice to see on social media and obviously they both want the fight to happen and, and if that that fight you know when that comes off and that happens we'll then see how good Mark Efron is I do genuinely believe again that he's good enough to, to get to the top and I think we'll, we will see that when he faces off against Liam Cameron uh, and I think again that middleweight uh, division in Britain uh, is booming as we know, we know we've got the the biggest one at the moment is, is Billy Joe Saunders, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But the middleweight division again is another one; it's just booming. And when you've got people like Mark Efron coming through, who's also local lad from Oldham, you know it's, it's an exciting time to to be a boxing fan, uh, especially in the northwest. So Mark Efron is uh, another one that I'm really looking forward to 2018. If you can get to the end of the year, we could definitely see Mark Efron as a British middleweight champion by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd very much like to see that. I think he'll be disappointed if he's not. 
no. at the end of the year, to be honest. Well, he, when I think sp- he knows he, this yeah. is his time now. When you speak to him, he's ready for it. He's been ready for it for a little while now. And um, now the opportunities are starting to arise. It's it's the time now, and it's the time to show Britain as a whole what what he's made of. And I think we're going to see that this yeah. year. We were sat at the Jolly Boys, and I was talking to Mark, and everyone that knows Mark knows he likes to go out with his mates and stuff, but he was sat there at Jolly Boys... He had a couple of drinks. I might have any more. I just want to get in the gym tomorrow morning, and he's got that desire now. He's got that hunger, and I think we'll see that this year. Yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing Mark Heffron's progression. Um, another, uh, I'm going to say another local guy. <laughs> there, there, just to be clear, there is other people on this list other than local guys. Yeah, keep uh, listening. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about other local fighters. Uh, we're going switching over to Liverpool, uh, and one fighter in particular that I've followed his journey before I started uh, the podcast and before I started the Sleep Boxing Repeat Media outlet uh, was Sean Mashadod and where his journey started and where his journey is now is is an amazing story and probably could be turned into a film one day but he is one person that I cannot wait to see how 2018 pans out Uh, more so now that they're talking about the fight with Lewis Ritson uh, who's obviously British champ so that that, that could that could happen quite quickly, yeah. and I know you've spoken to to Masha. Uh, he did some commentary with you guys uh, a few weeks yeah, back, Liverpool. and obviously he was talking about you know trying to get himself in there as quick as he can. But yeah, I mean the thing for Masha is now he he won the Commonwealth title, which is more than he could have ever dreamed of when he first got into boxing. So now he's not doing it for the money, he's not doing it for fame. He's not he's happy with his life. He just wants to see how far he can go and that makes him dangerous. Yeah. Cuz he's going into training every day enjoying it knowing he could walk away tomorrow if he wanted to, but he wants that British title and Did he beat Scotty Cardle twice? I'll let you make your own mind up. Well, I know what a lot of people think about it, but that's what he thinks in his mind. He deserves that British title and yeah. he has won that British title in his mind. So he wants the Ritson fight, but don't count Ritson out of that. No, Ritson absolutely not. No, a phenomenal fighter as well. We see, we see people what... don't really realise that he came out last time, and people started to see just what Lewis Ritson is all about. But he's a serious fighter as well. And Eddie Hearn signing him straight away after seeing him once or twice says it all. Really, that was the funny thing about it when I watched that fight, and I, I, I said, I said to myself, um, he's you know he's going to be signed up by Eddie Hearn tomorrow after that performance. And funnily enough, that week. Eddie Hearn signs him, so that just goes to show you that he he knows he knows fighters when he sees them. Yeah. You know, t- you know, he knows when to to get a fighter on board because he knows he's going to see something big from him. So, yeah. you know, Lewis Ritson and Masha Dodd is, is probably the one that one fight that we are looking forward to for 2018. Um, it's hard to look beyond that fight at the moment for because you know I'd, I'd love to see Masha Dodd go on and beat. Ritson, nothing against Ritson, but I'd love to see Mashdad go on and beat him, and like you say, see how far he could actually go because yeah. that that's one amazing for me. That's one amazing story, and um, when 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 Mashdad does come on the podcast and he tells that story, you know, that's when people are really going to hear how far he really has come. Because when I first started watching Masha you know, I was just watching him through the Sky Sports platform and I thought, you know, this guy looks a bit rough around the edges. <laughs> no offence, Masha, but, you know, look, you know, looking at you, you think to myself, he looks a bit rough and a bit tough, this guy. And, and when I saw you get in the ring against uh, Cardall and I thought, wow, he, he's bullying Cardall all over the show here. He's bullying him. And I was surprised that he didn't get 
the result with Cardle. Um, that that's my honest opinion. I do I do think he did beat Cardle, but hey ho, it's been and gone, and uh, we've got to move on to what we've got to look forward to, which is a potential fight with Ritson now. Uh, so hopefully, 2018 will be a big, big, big year for, for Masha Dodd, with him being obviously a Liverpool lad as well, both from Birkenhead, you know, f- from a local perspective, and the North West, it'd be fantastic if he could get the British title and bring that back to the North West. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to 2018 and, and what that's going to bring for Masha Dodd. Um, so I've got a big list in front of me of British fighters. Uh, so we're not just concentrating on North West today, we're also concentrating on what's going on around Britain. Uh, and the next one on my list that I wrote down from earlier on doing some prep today was the fight that was announced uh, a week or so ago between uh, Lawrence Okolai and Isaac Chamberlain uh, in February. Now that's uh, that's one that's been brewing for a little while. Um, that's definitely a tasty fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you know about both of these guys and, and, and how do you see that one playing out? I mean, first of all, credit to both of them for taking the fight because they could have easily not had this fight but there's a genuine dislike there between the pair of them and it's not just for the cameras. You can tell that like, they do not like each other at all. And it'd be a good fight for me. I think Isaac Chamberlain beats Lawrence Coley, and I just I think styles wise, and also Chamberlain's been in the trenches, hasn't he? He, he pops his shoulder out against Camacho. Like that, he knows it when going gets hard, he can get through it. But then equally, Lawrence Coley's an Olympian, isn't he? So yeah. he's no mug in the ring. But they're both quality fighters, and I think it, it should be a good one. Um, it'd be interesting to see who wins, actually. And to be honest, a bit like when De Gale fought George Groves, yeah. a loss really doesn't mean too much because they're headlining on Sky Sports. People are going to be talking about them. If either man loses, they're still going to become more of a household name than they were before, even with a loss. So a bit like Dylan White as well against Anthony. Yeah, Joshua. absolutely. He's a massive name now, and that loss hasn't done anything for him. So it is. It's, Fair play to both of them for taking, fair play to the guys that have made the fight and I'm looking forward to it, it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they both go because it's very early on in both the careers and where we we were sort of uh, referring to the guys that we talked about earlier on in the podcast, the local guys, you know, we were talking about how early on in their career, I, you know, just think about if they were taking fights at this stage, yeah. you know, you'd be very, very excited to see them. This has got a bigger platform because obviously a has got the uh, amateur pedigree mm-hmm. along with the uh, Olympics that he competed in as well. And you've got Isaac Chamberlain also with a good, good pedigree. And, and, you know, going in at this stage, like you said, fair play to them for doing that and fair play to them uh, promotion for, for making it happen because it's, it's a loss, for, you know, for either guy doesn't mean the end of the world. It means that one of them's going to go on and probably propel themselves further on and, and maybe start looking at British and, 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 and European within the 12 months following that fight and then the loser of that fight if there is a loser it could be a draw you never know uh, if there's a loser for that fight that loser then goes away uh, they, they go back to the drawing board they get back in the gym they rededicate themselves back to it and by the end of the year they could be back in and they could be back in with another big fight so you can never say that a loss um you know, is a bad thing in boxing. As much as people might not want the loss, it's never a bad thing because it gives the the fighter the chance to go away and reevaluate the situation. And and for some fighters, it really brings it brings home the the reality of everything. And then it makes them go out and and become even stronger as a fighter. And there's a couple of examples of, of that that's happened. And, and we've talked about uh, you know in the past. Um, so I'd love I'd love to see you know how that's going to go. Whether there's going to be a knockout, I, I do think there'll be a knockout personally, but. 
we'll see what happens come fight night for that one. Um, so going further down the list, another fight which was recently made, which uh, I'm very excited for. Um, and I think this um, it's going to be a very crossroads fight for both of these fighters for two because it's 2018 it's probably a big year for both of them really uh gamal yafai uh, going in against gary mcdonald and i think it's big for them in um in, in separate ways and obviously yafai's at that point now where he's really sort of elevating himself to that level and, and people know who he is and people uh, are seeing him but with mcdonald he's already had his shot essentially mm-hmm. at a world crown so he has kind of been there and done that but wasn't successful so for me when I say crossroads I mean as in obviously your fire could go on and and really elevate himself even further uh and and obviously if McDonald loses this fight and you know walks away with that loss where does he where does he potentially go from there does he step back down to European and 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 domestic level again uh, or will he ever get that shot again I mean we've seen Paul Smith get four shots at the world title so um you never know <laughs> but in, in reality when you think of that you think if, if if he doesn't get through this fight and doesn't pick up the victory then it is it, seemingly back to the drawing board for gavin mcdonald but for your fight um the world's his oyster if he picks up the win in this fight and, and, and goes further forward in his career um so i know you talked about it just before we went on and did the podcast and you said what a fire that was yeah because it's one of them that your fire's looking to overtake McDonald in the pecking order really and you'd have to say Gavin is a little bit higher in those rankings than Gamal and there's no doubt about that but it's a big chance for him to overtake him and he's seen what his brother's done and he wants to be up at that level now the same way Gavin's seen what his brother's done and he wants to get back to the level he was at because he was in a tough fight and he got beat but he'll have learned a hell of a lot from that Absolutely. and he'll know that if he gets a win here he's, he's right back up there as, as a big name and it will be an interesting one because they're both kind of... I think a loss for Yafai would do less damage than a loss for Gavin because I think a loss for Gavin and he'll be scratching his head thinking, where does he go from here? Yeah. Whereas Gamal's got plenty of time to rebuild because Gavin is a world-class operator, no doubt about that. But fair play to both of them for taking the fights because Gavin could have easily taken a warm-up fight and fought someone in the rankings that was up there that they knew they were going to beat. But yeah. You've seen it with Dave Coldwell's fighters, haven't you? Look at Tony Bellew. They're not going to just take fights because they fancy a few quid. And no, absolutely not. They're, they're in there to for the titles and for the to make themselves the best fighters that they can be. And this is a real test for both of them. It is. It is. And, and obviously, <clears throat> I agree with what you said earlier there about the fact that if um, if I was to take the loss, it wouldn't have as much of damage on his career as it would on McDonald's, which is what I was alluding to a bit earlier on when I was saying it, because obviously where he's been and where he's at, that's why I do believe it's a bit of a crossroads fight, essentially. Um, but I do, I do my, you know, an early prediction for that would be for your fight to win it from me, uh, and I didn't really have any second thoughts about it. I, I do think McDonald's a very, very good fighter, but I do think your fight is, is also as special as his brother is and I think he's destined to go on to bigger things people might say absolutely not Sean you're wrong in what you're saying but that is my opinion and I do genuinely believe your five beats McDonald on points um, but I will be interested to see whether McDonald brings something different to the table than what he's already brought against previous opponents so again Crossroads fight, looking forward to it. 2018 could be a very big year for Yafai, um, but in the same sense could also be a very big year for McDonald if he picked up the win. Yeah. So we'll see what happens for this year. Um, it's a fight that I'm glad has been made uh, and I can't wait for it. 
So, uh, moving on to uh, another part of the British scene, we've got so many British fighters that have emerged in the past 12 months that we've really been excited about. Uh, and another one on the list uh, is Joe Cardina. He's one of them Olympians, isn't he? There's a group of them coming through. Josh Kelly, we talked about Coley, Anthony Fowler, a few more. And I think him and Kelly are the two. Cardina and Kelly are the two that are really special, special talents. And no doubt about it, Fowler will go on to win titles and Coley will win titles. But these two, there's something about them that is just, they're phenomenal. The cream of the crop. Yeah. yeah. And it, to be creating the crop of a group of Olympians takes something special, yeah. doesn't it? Because yeah, absolutely. All those guys that went to the Olympics, that you can't criticise any one of them. Uh, look, Josh Boatsy as well. He's oh, on, yeah, well, he's he on... He medal, didn't he? We can't forget about him. He's on the undercard of the uh, the Ecoli Chamberlain yeah. fight, so obviously we will get to see him in action on that one. Um, but yeah, you can't forget about Boatsy because he's a, a quality operator already with that pedigree. Uh, Cardina, again, quality operator. Really looking forward to seeing for t- how 2018 goes. We've seen a lot of um, Anthony Fowler on the matchroom shows. Obviously, they're building him up, and, and he's, he's, he's made some of the fights a little bit more difficult difficult for himself than he needed to um, mm. but he, it though, doesn't he? <laughs> he does he love does. it he, he does it as an amateur <laughs> as well you can see in the world series where they fought like Cuba and everyone he, yeah. he's always cut and he's always having wars and he seems to love it he seems to just like taking a few shots having a bit of a scrap he, he's a bit like Tony Bellew actually <laughs> Dave Caldwell because he doesn't mind taking a shot either he loves it you can see it against Hay couldn't you yeah. Bellew loved it having a few back and getting the crowd going and I think Fowler's kind of the same he won't tell you but inside he doesn't mind getting it a few times if it means he can land some of his own oh absolutely and and, and I've seen what he's done so far I have been impressed with him I think he's made it a little bit hard for himself at times but having said that I have seen the quality that he has brought to the table and I think 2018 this year is going to be another very good progressive year for him and I think by the end of it you know Eddie Earn, you know what he's like with uh, work, working his magic with the deals. He potentially could get him quite far up the rankings and take him down that route uh, that potentially could see a 2019 where he's challenging for British titles and and you know maybe even by then you know even European it might seem quite far away to talk about it now, but you can kind of see that path that he's going down and where where Hearn's going to take him. So. 2018 going to be a good year I think for for Anthony Fowler um, but two two of the um, other fighters that you mentioned there obviously Cardina and Kelly Josh Kelly in particular uh, I've been very very impressed with he you know he's really really uh, impressed me and if you go on YouTube and you put Josh Kelly's name in you know you've got guys from America that are making videos about Josh Kelly, about his movement and, and his head And these are guys from America that, you know, you wouldn't expect to be picking up on fighters like Josh Kelly at this stage of his career. But because of his, you know, he's, the, he's like Lomachenko in terms of his movement. You know, it might be a very big comparison to make and people are like looking at me looking at me going what are you saying but genuinely I love I love the fact that he, he, he hardly takes a punch they can't get to him and that's very much like the way Lomachenko fights and as we've seen him fight recently as well and um, he, he's very elusive and, and, and he's you know he's, he can punch pretty hard as well and again like I say another Olympian who's, who's done well and I think 2018 Again, we're going to see him get pushed up, and I think it's going to be difficult for them to to hold him back. Um, and I think by the end of 2018, again, you're going to be looking at all these fighters coming through at the same time, which hopefully poses for 
you know, a big, big 2019 in terms of domestic dust-ups, and that's what we all, you know, as as fans, first and foremost, we want to see that. We want to see the big domestic dust-ups. So, yeah, Josh Kelly, really, really impressed with him. Um, I've got on, on the list here two other fighters, uh, under Frank Warren in particular, um, Anthony Yard and Daniel Dubois. Luke, what are your thoughts on them two? I mean... This is Yard's time now, isn't it? This this year is going to be big for him, and a lot of people are talking about him. He's he. I've sat ringside and watched him a couple of times now, and he, a bit like Heffron, it, when he hits hard, you can see it. He's hurting people, and um, interesting if he can keep making light heavy because uh, he struggled a couple of times on the scales, hasn't he? And yeah. He is a massive guy when you see him in the flesh. I don't know how much weight he puts on. Oh, I've body, seen I've seen him in the flesh. He's yeah, a big guy. He's massive. Um, so maybe he might have to move up, you don't know, but I think either way he can compete and he's a good fighter. And Daniel Dubois, a lot of people ask me about him and I genuinely believe that if him and Anthony, if he keeps progressing the way he does, it's going to be a bold statement. Go on. <laughs> I think he, at this stage of Anthony Joshua's career and this stage of Daniel Dubois' career, I think Daniel is looking better, to be honest with you. I think if he can keep progressing, then I think he could eventually beat Joshua. But that obviously, there's a lot of things that you, he could get chins in his next fight, couldn't he? You never yeah. know. But at the moment, when you see him hit people ringside, when he knocked out AJ Carter, that was he didn't just knock him out; he absolutely demolished him. He, he's a serious, serious talent. He did. You, you know what? You're not the first person to make that bold statement. I put, um, I put a little post on the Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat uh, Facebook page uh, and Instagram pages. Uh, about two days ago, and I thought, you know what, let's stoke up a little bit of a debate, let's see what people are going to say about Daniel Dubois, um, and funnily enough, someone said exactly the same thing as you just said, uh, they mentioned that he looks better at this stage of his career mm-hmm. compared to what AJ looked at the same stage of his career, and that is a, is a bold statement to make, but... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good evidence behind it, really. When you look at how he is demolishing opponents, uh, the way he is, I'm obviously AJ has demolished all of his opponents. In fairness, um, but when you, you when you look at the two of them, uh, and and you know what, not just that, there's, there's sparring history between AJ and um, Daniel Dubois as well. Um, I don't again, you can't always take the the rumours as being true, but. The, the rumours that have been around on, on social media is that Daniel Dubois has knocked out Anthony Joshua in sparring. So, you leave it there, really. You can you can speculate as much as you want and say, well, you're never going to know because he wasn't in the gym that day it happened. But if you take it on, on, on somebody's word that that's happened, you can really look at how... Um, how their careers are going to progress and they, I was asked actually on, on the Facebook page about it you know in five years who do you think will win and I think that will factor on a lot of things it will factor on at the time of that fight AJ will probably be about 31, 32 um, you know will he have taken a loss by then you know you know, because I, I we'll talk about AJ a little bit more in detail later, but will he have taken a loss by then? And and Dubois will only be about twenty five, and he will probably have been moved up the ranks as quickly as Joshua has been. And you think about when Joshua started, Joshua started a little bit later in his career because of obviously the Olympics than what Daniel has. So you think about the next four or five years for Daniel Dubois in the professional ranks. 
you know, obliterating his way for opponents in that same fashion. If he keeps doing that the same way AJ's done since he turned pro, then you could see a very tasty, explosive fight come five yeah, years down the line. Daniel's still growing into his body. You can see it. Like every fight, he's getting a bit more defined and he's getting a little bit more in shape. And it's nothing to do with his dedication. He's training as hard for every fight. But how old is he now? He's 19, tw- 20? 20. 20 years old. And he's growing into that body that he's got now. So he's only going to be punching harder, moving faster. Going to be dangerous. Yeah, he's going to be dangerous. He's progressing, but you never know. We talk about all these fighters progressing in 2018. You never know. Some of them could take losses. Oh, absolutely, it, it does yeah. happen. It happens in boxing. It only takes one shot, and it's the biggest cliche of them all. But I've seen it many times. It does just take one little lapse of concentration, and you're back to square one. No, absolutely, I totally agree, and, and that, that's potentially any of these fights we've talked about. This could happen to any of these guys uh, in 2018, and we could be looking at a different uh, path. The boat yeah. for all of them, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so I'm just going to go through my list and just double check that we haven't got anything else of the British scene before we move on to uh, the big one, which is the world scene. Um, there isn't. So Luke, talk to us about AJ. <coughs> you don't really know what to say about Joshua because everyone knows him. If you listen to this podcast, you watch boxing, and if you watch boxing, no matter who you are, you've seen Anthony Joshua and he's won gold at Olympics and kind of as soon as he won that gold medal for a, a super heavyweight from Britain to win a gold medal in London everyone knew Anthony Joshua's name he could have stopped then and people would know his name but the way he's demolishing people every time he gets in the ring he's stopping everyone he had that fight with Klitschko didn't he and uh, yeah we know Tyson Fury beat Klitschko didn't he he did and I know people go oh Klitschko was done blah 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 but Joshua so showed so much heart that day. That shot that put him down would have stopped it's, a lot of heavyweights. Well, he's put a lot of them down, hasn't he? He's put them all out. Yeah, but to Joshua to get up off the floor, he showed up, he showed more in the Klitschko fight than he has in his whole career, and he's shown that he's got that determination, <coughs> he's got that heart, and he's not just in it to make a few quid, and now he's got his lifestyle, he's happy. He's, he's here to make himself into what he wants to be as a legend up there with the, the best heavyweight names that has ever been in boxing and that's why he's still in the game because he could walk away now we all yeah, know that yeah. but he's hungry for that success he's still training hard and it, hopefully we can see these unifications if we can see the Parker fight we can see the Wilder fight will we? I'm not sure but for Joshua if he wins them two fights then what? if he has all the belts if you look through the heavyweight rankings there's a couple of guys coming up but at that world level at the moment you're struggling to match him if he, yeah. if these fights are made now. I don't know if they will be or not. Hopefully they will, but these are the, the two big fights really for him, as in test-wise. There's obviously big names like Hay and Bellew, people like that, even Dylan White again. But if he can win them two fights, it's kind of not much else to do. Well, I think that's the list that I've got down in front of me with AJ. When I was when I was looking, you know, doing a bit of uh, detailed research on it earlier, obviously I knew I know my stuff with with AJ because I've watched his whole career uh, from start to finish so far. And um, the next potential fight is very much looking like it's going to be Parker, yeah. which I do think, based on what I've seen with Parker against Fury and his previous opponents, AJ wins. Mm-hmm. And then who does he go for then? Wilder. <laughs> Wilder's the next obvious opponent because obviously he holds the WBC title so then we see AJ and Wilder maybe later on this year and then and then like you say who's next 
obviously the name on everybody's lips is Tyson Fury because mm-hmm. he's shedding the weight, he's coming back. Obviously, he needs a comeback fight or three, in my opinion, before we, I'd I think want... He said he wants three as well. I'd want to see him fight at least yeah. three opponents before I'd want to see him fight Joshua because... I've made this bold statement many a time and I think a a fully fit Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua Mm -hmm. just because his boxing ability is, for me, that slightly superior. Um, And superior is a bit of a strong word. I I do think he's better in terms of his movement, his ability uh, than than, than Anthony Joshua. I'm not taking anything away from Anthony Joshua, but I think Tyson Fury, for me, would beat him. Yeah, and I mean, the list I just gave then, I'm thinking 2018, that's why Tyson Fury's not in there. That's the fight we all want to see, isn't it? But I don't want to see it in 2018, because Tyson needs that time. He's, he's got the hunger back, you can tell, and he is shedding a lot of weight, yeah. but there's a long way to go for him. And he needs to be in the same condition he was when he beat Klitschko to beat Joshua. Can he ever be that? Who knows? But in 2018, can he get to that level? You'd probably have to say no. But if you give him a year and a half, have three fights in there, Getting back in the groove of training camps, working hard, then summer of 2019 at Wembley. can see that massive Oh, God. <clears throat> oh God, yeah, that'd be amazing to see. Obviously, we, we want to focus on, on 2018, so we want to focus on what AJ will do this year, which is, mm-hmm. for me, Parker and Wilder. Will he have a third fight at the end of the year? Potentially, but like we've said just five minutes ago, he could take a loss in any one of them fights and we could be looking at a completely different heavyweight scene by the end of 2018 definitely if Parker beats him which I don't think he will um, not to take anything away from Parker as a fighter I just think AJ has his number um, he could go on to fight Wilder now Wilder's so unorthodox and he, he could catch AJ with one of his big wild swings I mean the thing is we've seen with both Joshua and Wilder they've got vulnerabilities and they can be hurt but they can also punch very very yeah. hard and if you combine them two things, if either man lands with one of those shots, if Joshua can land the uppercut through against Klitschko, or Wilder can put a combination in like he did against Stavern, it's game over for both of them. Yeah. So that fight really is, they it's one of them, they could probably fight ten times, it'd be five all by the end of it. It really It's unless, an interesting one. Unless we get in there and find that actually one of them is a lot better as a fighter. But if you look at the records now and who they've been in with who knows what would happen on the night? Yeah, and that that's one that obviously a lot of people want to see this year for AJ, uh, AJ and Wilder. Um, obviously for Fury, we want to see Fury come back in the heavyweight division, and we want to see him fight. Um, you know, a few times this year, uh, there's been a lot of talk of fighting uh, Shannon Briggs, um, and then there's talk of fighting David Price, and then you know who who else could could Tyson Fury fight in the division now at this stage you know in in the next 12 months that would give him good preparation for an Anthony Joshua fight because obviously Shannon Briggs is 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 you know his last fight was over a year ago on the David Hay show the Haymaker promotion show and he blew his opponent away but then we've not seen anything of him since because again he's had issues with drugs so Again, he's, you know, what 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 do we see out of Shannon Briggs at his age, 44, 45 years old? We're not going to really see much, I don't no. think. Maybe a round of, 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 a round or two of, you know, some good pressure from him maybe. But then, at his age, I wouldn't expect him to, to put anything more on. Because he's also been very, very inactive as well. And, and as a result of that, that's definitely going to play into Fury's hands. Um, because whilst Fury has been inactive and obviously been overweight, he is a younger man and he will be able to shed that weight if he keeps dedicated. And, and we'll probably see a, a Fury win there. And, and, and 
a fight with David Price. I'd expect a Fury win there as well. So I think by the end of 2018, Fury, you know, hopefully will be still dedicated and ready for uh, a few uh, a fight with Anthony Joshua in 2019. Um, so moving moving on to obviously other things that are going on. I'm specifically got a few heavyweight uh, fights on on the list here, and then I'm moving sort of down the weights a little bit. Um, another fight which uh, we were talking about just before the podcast went live, which was. Um, Another heavyweight fight he talked about, which was Dylan White earlier, um, looking at fighting uh, another another drugs cheat in Lucas Brown. Um, <laughs> Lucas, if, if, if Lucas is never going to want to do anything with me when I'm calling him a drugs cheat. That's what people label him as, to be fair. So that's that's kind of what it, it is. What it is, and um, it, you know, some cynical people might build this fight as the battle of the drug cheats because both of them have have, have been done for. For vet, you know, no, for, for, for <laughs> 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 it would be a good fight, though. I genuinely think putting all that aside, the, the two of them are kind of at the same stage now where they want that shot of the world heavyweight title, but they need a, a, a defining win really to put themselves up there. And if Lucas comes over to the O2 in London and beats Dylan, he's right up there, the same way the other way around, Dylan or Dillian. I don't know. Which one is I think it's Dillian. Dillian. We'll go with Dillian then. If Dillian beats Lucas, then he's right up there for a rematch with Joshua or a shot at Wilder. Yeah. Um, and I think, to be honest, if you ask Eddie Hearn, he'd rather White beat Wilder, fight Wilder and beat him, and then a unification between Joshua and White. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot at risk, really, for Dillian White in this one if this yeah. one comes off completely. Um, just because of the sole fact that he's got himself into a position where he's become a manager for the WBC, which mm-hmm. is Wilder's title. So he is putting a bit on the line here because Lucas White has had one fight since his ban was lifted and he won that fight in good fashion, but it was against an, eight, an aged Chagayev. Um, so now we're looking at um, we're looking at get him, getting him in. And, and, and who knows what could happen um, Lucas Brown could come over and could beat him like you say and then it changes the whole landscape of, 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 of that scene again yet again but you've got to remember Lucas Brown is undefeated um, it, it's difficult because he hasn't beat um, people you know for, for casual fans there's not a lot of people that know a lot of the fighters Lucas Brown's beaten whereas over here obviously in Britain we know who Dillian White's for because he's on the telly on matchroom shows a lot, so he is fighting people like the, you know the the Rhino, um, Dave Allen. You know he's fighting Dave Allen. He's fighting um, who else has he been in with? Now my memory's just gone completely blank. Uh, but he has had some good fights, yeah. And he has had some fights with fighters that we know of uh, or that we were aware of, and because of that, he would be probably the favourite to win it. And, and and but he is the one with a lot to lose in this one. So um, should that come off? Uh, once they've stopped arguing over uh, money, you know, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see that fight. I'd like to see where that lands. And it leads me nicely onto another heavyweight fight, which is, has been signed and has, is happening. And it's the rematch between uh, David Hay and Tony Bellew, uh, May 5th, uh, back at the O2. Uh, another fight I'm, I'm looking forward to because it's it, the last fight left us with uh, some un- un- unanswered questions mm-hmm. because of the injury to Hay. Um, I'd did say to a lot of people before that fight um, that Bellew would beat Hay. I was right, but it wasn't in the circumstances which I wanted it to be in. Um, so 
they're having it again. Obviously, it was supposed to be on the 17th of December, but it was postponed because of another injury for Hay. Uh, but it is happening. So, again, there's these two guys floating around the heavyweight division uh, who, you know, whoever, whoever takes this fight, whoever takes the, the win in this fight, sorry, could then be lined up for a big fight with potentially Tyson Fury, Dillian White, Anthony Joshua. You know, they're the sorts of names you're mixing around with if you get that win in that particular one. Um, but it's a good fight. What do you think about the Hey Bellu rematch? Do you, do, you, do you see it going any differently than what the first one did? I mean, the problem we've got is Hey keeps getting injured, does he? And maybe those unanswered questions will remain unanswered the whole time because Hey's shown now he is very, very injury prone with his age now and we might have the same situation again but the one thing we do know from the first one is that Hay can hit Bellew with his hardest shots and Bellew can take yeah. him and a lot of people did think that Hay would blow Bellew away but Bellew's proved that he can mix it with people like David Hay so I think this second fight it's got the potential to be a great one if Hay can stay fit throughout yeah. because it would, the first fight was just just when that injury happened they were both just starting to some Hay would edge a little bit and then Bellew would yeah. it was just getting towards that stage where it was going to erupt and obviously the injury changed the whole thing and the injury also probably made Bellew perform worse than he was because he wanted to get Hay out of there and I think we'll probably see a better Bellew this time he looked a bit, he looked a bit sloppy in the second half of the fight um, Bellew because he was trying to look for that finishing punch because obviously he knew there was something up with David Hay, he knew yeah. there was an injury, but David Hay was refusing to, to sort of call a halt to the fight, which I, I totally understand. Um, but like you say, he was becoming a little bit more sloppy and he was taking a few more, and he did take them pretty well. Yeah. But before that, he, he did make Hay miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was very surprised with that because I, was, I wasn't expecting Bellew to make Hay miss as much as he did. So the, t- the second fight poses a lot of questions as can Bellew turn up the same way and make Hay miss and can Hay's ageing body, um, you know, come up with one last hurrah. Uh, it'd be good to see them both really go hell for leather in this one and, and, and when we see a knockout, because that's what we were promised. Uh, it wasn't in the right circumstances, on, on, on obviously, on this occasion, the first fight, but we want to see a good second fight. We want to see it progress and we want to see a good ending to it. So, again, it's a, it's a fight I'm excited for. I think we'll, we'll definitely see either one of them fighters going against one of the bigger ones you know I think Bellew and, and Fury have been having a lot of words on social media and I think it's funny it's, you know you laugh but it's, it's a potential fight it could happen mm-hmm. as much as maybe people might not want to see it but I've talked about it before if it happens it happens you know boxing is boxing you never say never so we'll, we'll just see what happens on May the 5th come the end of that fight and whether Tyson Fury decides to turn up to uh, ringside and call one of the, the winners out uh, I don't think he'd ever fight Hay again because no. Hay pulled out on him twice but if he's expecting Bellie to win I think he'd be there I think he'd be ready to call him out personally and that would be the third opponent that I was thinking of a little bit earlier when I said if he comes back and he fights someone like Janan Briggs or David Price and then maybe potentially again Tony Bellew as well and that could be the the, the defining year for for Tyson Fury really Um, so I'm moving down the weights a little bit um, before I talk about the uh, super super weight division and the World Boxing Super Series uh, I wanted to sort of talk about one one of our favourites Anthony Crawler Uh, obviously he had his uh, victory over Ricky Burns earlier on this year uh, in, in 2017 and he's now looking to 
go into 2018 with another big fight and potentially a world title shot and one of the fights that has been talked about on numerous occasions uh, no it's not the Terry Flanagan fight because he's fighting Maureen Tucker it is a fight with Luke Campbell which uh, has got a lot of people talking Um, some people want to see it some people don't but I think it's an easy fight for Eddie Hearn to make Um, as towards the winner well Luke you tell me what do you think about that fight I think it's a fight both men have got to win because for Crawler, if he loses, where does he go from there, really? When you, you look at the... This is his last push for that world title yeah. again. And if he takes a loss now, will we see him back in the ring? I'm not so sure. For Luke Campbell, he suffered that shock loss, didn't he, in London? I've been mended. Uh, yeah. Then he went in with Jorge Linares, and that was a great fight. And yeah. Luke deserved something out of the fight, because he put in a great performance. So... If he loses, he goes all the way back to where he was when he took that first loss. And Luke Campbell is is an Olympic gold medalist, isn't he? He wants to be at that level. And he's proved he can mix out that level with Linares, the same way Crawler has. But Luke Campbell showed a lot, had a lot more success than Crawler did against Linares. So you'd have to say Luke Campbell is a level above. But how many times have we seen it that two guys have been in with the same person, one guy's looked better, and then. Styles make fights, don't they? Absolutely. You never know what's going to happen when they clash. But for me, if it is a fight that's made, it is a fight that both men have really got to win. Otherwise, I so, don't know where either man goes from there. It's another crossroads. It's another crossroads fight because I think Crawler's now uh, Crawler's um, thirty thirty one, and, and and Luke Campbell's twenty nine turning thirty. Yeah. Uh, if he's not already turned thirty, so they're both at the point in the career where they're looking for that world title. Obviously, Crawler's had a world title uh, and, and lost to Lanares, but Luke Campbell hasn't had that yet. And obviously, he went very close with Lanares, so he has shown he could beat someone of Lanares's capabilities. Um, so he he looks on paper the more likely to potentially progress but I'm not taking any away from Anthony because obviously I've, I've followed Anthony's career for years I, I love the guy you know I, I love to, I'd love to see him get that one last hurrah um, if he fights Luke Campbell he's in for a pretty difficult night um he really after would be on top of his game and he probably would have to pull off a career best performance I think to beat Campbell um, and the same with Campbell really because obviously Crawler doesn't back down either so it'd be a very interesting one um, but obviously Terry Flanagan is in the mix and mm-hmm. we've talked about that He's but he's moved up to be fair uh, thinking about it he has moved up because um, he's vacated uh, lightweight and gone up to super lightweight uh, and he's mandatory for the WBO against uh, Maury Soccer. so you know, hopefully 2018 for Terry Flanagan will prove something good as well because obviously we, he's, he's he's one of the most underrated British fighters that there is out there. Yeah. Um, he's undefeated. People forget he's an undefeated fighter. He was an undefeated world champion and he just can't seem to get the fights. Um, he was supposed to be fighting Felix Vidal and he's, Felix Vidal pulled out a few times. So that fight's not happened. And he had a little bit of a niggle um, to his ankle. So now he's obviously came back into training and now he's got the fight with Maurice Hooker. Uh, hopefully 2018 for Terry Flanagan will prove uh, in the super lightweight division there's some big fights for him out there, which uh, I do genuinely believe is is probably the right move for him at this stage of yeah, his career. Definitely. Um we need to see him in with some with some big fights, and we need to try and get them big fights for Terry because he he goes under the radar, um, not through any fault of his own, because he's a very very good fighter, and I, I do feel that he is he is slightly avoided. Um, yeah, definitely, I, I would love to see him have a fantastic 2018. Yeah. Um, 
because it disappoints me when guys like Terry Flanagan are going under the radar, especially with what he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 2018 for Terry Flanagan, I really hope, you know, he gets the Mori Sucker fight, he comes off, um, no injuries, you know, they get they get, they get in the ring, Terry Flanagan walks away with a title, two-weight world champion, and then maybe we'll see a big fight for 2018 for, for Terry. What do you think? Yeah, I think we'll see a better Terry Flanagan at super lightweight. I think with that few extra pounds would be a better fighter and what an achievement that'd be if he can become a two-way world champion and the reason why he's avoided is because he's not a massive name in outside the world of boxing and why would you fight him because he'd beat a lot of these lightweights up there at that that level but these guys aren't going to get anything out of fighting him really they get the world title obviously but a loss against Terry Flanagan is more devastating than a loss against say Anthony Crawler purely because Crawler is a massive name in boxing because of his story and everything like that yeah. Terry is he's almost too good for his own good if that makes any sense yeah, yeah. he's got to that level now where he's so good and people look at him and they think no I don't fancy that it's um, it's like a um, high risk low reward situation isn't yeah. it with Terry obviously you can go in against him you know because of people like Crawler and the story that's come come with what happened with him he's become a, a, a big boxing celebrity as well as a fighter yeah. so as a result of that he's getting that more exposure whereas obviously uh, Flanagan people are looking at him thinking ah it's a bit of a risky fight that we ain't going to take it and um, kind of passing him by but we want to see 2018 we want to see that big fight come for him and that that, that defining performance because I don't feel like he's, he's he's had that yet and that's what I, I want to see I want to see that career defining performance yeah. he, they, they wanted Linares and Linares the team said no so what what else can you do you know if people are saying nah we don't want any part of that um, what else are you supposed to do well he's moved up so we'll see what happens 2018 yeah, with uh, Terry Flanagan um, going on to uh, one of my favourite events of 2017 uh, and which is obviously going into 2018 and potentially beyond is the World Boxing Super Series we've had many a conversation uh, with various people it's been mentioned a few times on the podcast because it's um, it's one of the favourites uh, of a few guys that have been on the podcast but we're coming to the close um, and this first quarter of 2018 uh, the super middleweight tournament and the cruiserweight tournament but I want to focus primarily on the super middleweight tournament because we've got obviously a British contingent in there mm-hmm. um, we've got the biggest fight in that semi-final for me is Gravity Crows and Eubanks the most exciting fight it's the one that's getting people talking it's in Manchester it's not too far away it's a few weeks away uh, very excited um, I've picked my winner I've picked Eubank as my winner and I'm still going with Eubank and as we're speaking as I said Eubank Luke just pulled his face as if to say absolutely not so Luke tell me about it tell me about that fight how do you see it going I mean first of all I'm so glad it worked because we had the Super 6 didn't we and yeah that kind of petered out a bit and everyone was inactive and it went over about four years but they've, they've made it into a real tournament that means a lot to these fighters and would we see George Groves and Chris Eubank stepping in the ring together without a tournament I think we'd probably have to say no no we? no but what a great fight that is I think George Grove beats him to be honest and it's one of these that has really split everyone down the middle because some people are saying Eubank he'll come forward he's strong he'll, he's all the power he's got behind his punches Groves has been stopped before then equally look at George Grove he's got that jab he can box around the jab can't he and again on the night you never know who's going to come out on top do you but it it could turn out to be a real real cracker and then the winner of that of course 
could be another all British class. Yes. With a certain Callum Smith, who is another of these guys that's being tipped as being one of these guys that's going to win a world title and dominate the division. So there's no date and venue for that one yet. And the fun, funnily enough, the um, it's, it's it's an interesting one um, that. I, I think Callum Smith beats Bremer, but then other people are saying, well, Bremer's a bit of a wily old fox and you could give Callum Smith yeah, a bit of an upset. Um, but we're, st- we're still waiting, as we're recording the podcast, for a, a venue um, and, and a date for that one. So we're hoping that is around the end of February, March, Sam. I'm hoping that's when they make it. Um, but yeah, we could see an All-British final. Whoever ends up in that final... Uh, there's a, obviously a more probability that we're going to get a British a British uh, champ at the end of it um, so that'll be good because obviously we've got Grove's got WBA mm-hmm. uh, Eubank's got the IBO uh, it's a lightly regarded title for anybody who doesn't know that um, <laughs> and then we obviously we've got Callum Smith um, and then we've got Bremer and then obviously at the end of that you know whoever eventually goes on to win that particular um tournament then you've got to look at maybe cleaning up the division and going for the IBF uh, which is James DeGale who obviously lost that very recently um, and, and you know he's looking for that rematch with uh, I can't remember his, how would he pronounce his surname Truax, Truax. I think that's what I said Calvin Truax um, Calvin Truax uh, he, he fought him obviously and lost recently which was a probably for me I don't know about you upset of 2017 yeah, if you look at the betting odds no one gave him a chance and you wouldn't have given him a chance because the Gale's a phenomenal fighter. He, went, he had an absolute war with Bado Jack, who's another of these elite level guys. And you'd think, it, well, it was designed as a fight where the Gale would get back in the ring, yep. get, come back from those injuries, get a few rounds, and tick over a bit. But to be fair to Truax, fair play because he took his chance. And I'm, part of me is so glad that someone like him won a world title when he got completely written off. and that's changed his life now and I think the plan always was whoever won the Super Series would fight James DeGale yeah. that, financially that was the fight that needed to be made yep. but now DeGale needs to win that world title back because otherwise he, him and George Groves hate each other Groves will laugh him off the table because they rightly should have 50-50 each yeah absolutely and, but DeGale always said I've got a world title you haven't so we'll go 75-25 or whatever the split was now that's flipped Groves will say exactly what DeGale said to him now he's got that world title if he comes through the tournament so negotiation probably got even harder with that loss but it is a fight that everyone would like to see and hopefully they can make that yeah I'd like to see it at the end of it all but again we'll just have to see how it all pans out with the uh, the World Boxing Super Series tournament Um, and moving on from the super middleweight division we talked briefly on that and we've kind of given our thoughts on that um well we, we want to see more of this in 2018 um touching on the cruiserweight i think personally uh alexander usk yeah. uh, miles above the rest of them and i think he takes it um that's really all i'm going to say on that particular subject because i want to move on um because i'm conscious that we're we, we don't want to bore everybody um with a two-hour podcast we want to make it as efficient as possible so we're an hour and 12 in and i want to move on and talk about potential world boxing super series for 2018 which we're in so one of them that luke mentioned earlier on before we started the podcast was uh, uh the featherweight division yeah. uh, and one particular fight uh, which looks like it's going to happen um moving aside from the super series uh is is Selby and Warrington which we'll talk about in a second but 
I want to see. I want. I do want to see a featherweight world boxing super series uh, because that would be a very, very, very good world boxing super series, and it probably will eclipse the super middleweight tournament. Yeah, definitely. It, it's like a ready-made division for it. You've got these guys at the top of the game that if they could, you never know. They might not sign up for it. You know, you never know what happens. But if you get the top eight in the world in that super series, it would just be unbelievable. But it's like everything. You never know what a fighter, what the plans are. Look, Selby and Warrington look like they're fighting in May at Ellen Road. It's a big show for Josh. Yeah. It's a good opportunity for Lee to show that he's, he thinks he's a level above Josh and he wants to prove that. But Josh Warrington, he will pack out Ellen Road. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone in Leeds loves Josh Warrington and he's got his chance of becoming a world champion and he's always wanted Lee Selby. Everything he's done, watch every interview from Josh and he's always said, I want Lee Selby. And it looks like he's going to get his chance now. Um, so maybe that puts a spanner in the works for the Super Series, doesn't it? It maybe does, but then maybe um, whoever comes out victorious on top of that then goes in to the, a Super Series. Because obviously yeah. if you look at the Super Series we've got now, they, they started later on in the year, didn't they? Yeah. Um, sort of mid to sort of later on in the year. So it could potentially happen. Um, I'd love to see it because there's so many talent talented fighters up at Featherweight and so many uh, obviously British contingent fighters up at, up at that as well um, when you've got people like your Warringtons your Selbys your Quigs uh, your Framptons you know and then you've got the guys out up in the world you know, like you've got like the Leo Santa Cruz's mm-hmm. um, and you know obviously, I know Frampton's now fighting Nonito Donaire but again it's people are, you're throwing all these guys into the mix it's a very very talented that division made as a, like the quarterfinal in that tournament because Donaire's right up there by the way as well yeah absolutely That's a great fight and Fair play for Frampton for taking it because it's a tough fight that and I think he'll win but he could have had a lot easier fight if he wanted to to yeah. climb those rankings again but you can tell he's not in the business of messing around he wants the toughest fights possible and Donaire will be a tough fight for him but one I expect him to come through Yeah, I, I, I agree I agree with that assessment of it I do think that Frampton will come through that I think, I've, I said before the podcast that Donaire, I think he's he, he's kind of peaked at that level uh, and now he's kind of come back down and it's like this is his opportunity to try and put himself back up there um, if he can pull off something big then maybe but I, I do genuinely believe Frampton takes that result um, and, and, and goes further forward and potentially looks at a matchup whether they do a World Boxing Super Series featherweight or not there's still some tasty matchups yeah, for definitely. 2018 uh, to be made whether it's uh, a Warrington Frampton uh, or whether it's a Selby Frampton or you know there's, there's so many fights in the mix as well, well this is it Quig he's obviously in the mix and, and, and Quig's only defeat is to Frampton um, which is you know quite a mixed bag of tricks really when you look back at that fight so he's definitely up there with him and you could see a Quig Warrington or a Quig Selby or a Quig Frampton too you know there's so much to talk about especially this is just domestically as well these are just domestic fighters fighting at world level so you know you're forgetting about all the other big guys out there as well that we could be seeing as well Um so is there any more on, on, on that sort of subject you'd want to refer to before we move on um, to, to what we're going to talk about next? No, I think you're spot on when you say even if we don't have the Super Series, some of these weights that we've mentioned throughout the podcast, there's still we can still make these big fights. And there's, I think it's getting to the point now with, in Britain, you've got Eddie Hearn. Had, he, had, he could do what he wanted, really. But now Frank's come along. He's got BT Sport behind him and he's making real 50-50 fights. He's putting on great shows and... Eddie's got to do the same thing now and he's doing the same he's putting on great shows now and 
his shows were good before, but usually you'd go in knowing, oh, so and so's going to win this one. But now, look at a Corey Chamberlain. You genuinely don't know who's going to win that one. I think he's been forced to put these. Uh, I don't. I don't want to speak out of turn of, of, of promoters because obviously, you know, I, I, I've met a lot of promoters. Yeah. I've worked with them recently, and great. You know, they do the. They try and do the best for boxing, but when you get to a certain level, which I feel Hearn got in the past two years, I feel like he could make these shows where there were some mismatch fights, and you could get away with doing it because there wasn't really anybody challenging them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the thing was he was. Kind of when he was making the fights, they were fights that his uh, his fighters were there to win world titles and things like that. Whereas now he's putting on fights that the fans want to see, and he did. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to slag him off or anything like that. He does a fantastic job, as does Frank, as does everyone down to Steve Wood, Kieran Farrell, Pat Barrett, and the you know the Northwest. Yeah, everyone up absolutely. there do a great job of promoting shows. But Eddie's now got to a point where Frank's real competition now. Before he was just it was Eddie and Frank was just the kind of the second promoter that yeah, you watch yeah. on Box Nation sometimes if nothing else was on kind of thing that's what a lot of people thought about it whereas now people are excited for Frank's shows which means that Eddie's shows have had to get better and they're just kind of pushing each other up in levels and it's only going to get better because of that it's Frank's, Frank's having a great resurgence uh, with the shows he's putting on because obviously before Eddie Hearn came along um, with with Matchroom uh, and Matchroom Sport or the boxing side of it you know Frank was the main promoter in the UK you know for mm-hmm. the past 20 years and he's kind of died off because a lot of the fighters were going over to Matchroom and you were making these fights like I say and, and people were people would watch it but now we're getting into a position where we're actually got great competition throughout the UK and there's a lot of other promoters down south that are doing really well for themselves. Uh, Steve Goodwin, Steffi Ball, you know, people like that that are starting to really come through and we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of good fights, you know, 2018. That's what we want to see as fans. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Um, there's only two, two more subjects for 2018 I want to discuss before we close the podcast for uh, today. Uh with the women's scene, something I've always been very, um, that's really, really excited me this, uh, the past year gone by with 2017 and with Katie Taylor and um, Natasha Jonas and obviously we've got our local contingent with uh, Stacey Copeland leading the way. Um, obviously I've got a list of great fighters on the women's scene but how have you how have you found it last year but how, how would you see it going into 2018? I mean, it's amazing really because it kind of came from nowhere, the, the whole women's boxing scene but Kate Taylor headlined her own show, didn't she? Yes. Just a few weeks just ago. Just a couple of weeks back. If, you'd, if we'd have been sat here at the end of last year and someone had said to you, oh, there's going to be a show on Sky Sports Live, headline, with Olympians on the undercard, headlined by a woman, you would have laughed them out of the room because it was that's unheard of, in Britain especially. But now women's boxing is a real thing. People have an interest in women's boxing and because of that, more and more women are getting involved in the game. Natasha Jones came back she, she'd retired but she came yeah. back because she got that love back for the sport because she saw that women are actually getting the same chances that men are now in the game and it is fantastic people like Kate Taylor she is a phenomenal talent and these guys are sparring with men in the gym you know, Natasha's sparring with the guys at Gallagher's gym yep. things like that so they're, they're no levels below these men that we watch on Sky but they just haven't had the chance to show that and that's why so many of them stay as amateurs for so long but now they're finally getting the chance 
Yeah, well, there's a good list of them here that I've made for um, for 2018 of, of ones that I think are going to really come on. And, and, and obviously, Natasha Jonas and Katie Taylor are kind of leading the forefront. But you're forgetting about people like Nicola Adams, uh, Chantal Cameron, and, and obviously our Northwest very own Stacey Copeland, who was on the podcast uh, on the last episode. Um, these are the guys, you know, uh, or the gals, should I say, that are, lead, are, are leading the forefront for it. You know, we're yeah. we, it's going to be a very good um, 2018 for all of these, and I think because of the way uh, women's boxing is at the moment, and and I've always said this, and we said to Stacey a few weeks ago, like the depth is not as much because the, the people have got all the amateur pedigree and they're coming straight through the ranks into the pros, already ready to to compete at a high level. Um, we're going to see some fights happen a lot sooner than what you see in the men's divisions, and I think that's what's exciting about 2018 for women's boxing. Yeah, definitely. It's only going to get stronger from here as well. With, like we said, these girls headlining their own shows and they're getting a fan base now, which they've never had before. And hopefully, some of these guy, girls that we mentioned can clash at some point and win world titles and. Kate Taylor's done it, but let's see the rest of them do it now. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, obviously they're 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 sort of. You know, a brief touch on the women's scene for, for 2018 and, and obviously I will be going into that in more detail uh, as the months go by with the, with the podcast. We'll be getting more people on. Um, there's only one final uh, subject, which is always a debatable subject and it's always a good way to start to, to end a, a good conversation. Um, the top £10 for pound in 2018, where do you see... Uh, you don't have to give me specific uh, names and numbers. Yeah, don't you know, make me do <laughs> at certain positions. But I want I want to see uh, who you would have in your top ten uh, for two thousand by the end of two thousand and eighteen. So I'll give you I'll give you mine um, first of all, and I'd say it's going to be if I was going to say a number one, it's going to be a toss up between uh, Lomachenko, uh, but Anthony Joshua which we discussed off off the air on the podcast, uh, they're my sort of people that I think will be vying for that number one spot by the end of 2018, should the fights that we've talked about come off and happen uh, over the course of the year. Um, and then we've got, obviously, people like Ryan Burnett, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Crawford, Triple G, I think Alexander Usko push his way into the top ten by the end mm-hmm. of the year. You know, should he win the World Boxing Super Series? Um, you know, you've got some fantastic fighters there. Uh, but, again, like I say, you don't have to give me your number one because it's always, always debatable because it's just a prediction. But who who do you sort of see in there uh, for 2018? Well, the guys you mentioned, they're going to be up there. I think there's no doubt about that, really. But I think Mickey Garcia is... If he wins his next fight, he's a four-weight world champion. At how old is he? He's not... Well, I'll find out now. He's not, like, retiring after this fight, is he? No, absolutely not. But at 30 years old, so in the division he's in, he's got a few more years left in him. To become a four-weight world champion is massive. Oh, no. He, he's a phenomenal talent. And if him and Linares met, you have to put the winner of that one up there. Same way Terence Crawford. He's What he's done is kind of unheard of in modern boxing, isn't it? Yeah. He's phenomenal talent, but Joshua, if he can do what Crawford's done in the heavyweight division, you can't really look past him from a casual perspective. But it depends how you judge pound for pound. Is it the most skillful fighter? Yeah. Lomachenko, you know, Mickey Garcia people, Linares, people like that. Is it achievement? You've got Crawford, Joshua, and people like Ryan Burnett who have unified the division. Yeah. You've got to have them up there. It, it all, or do you put who records wise and who people thought it? It all depends on how you view the yeah, of course it does, and that's yeah. why you'll never see 
on Twitter, someone put pound for pound list on and someone else replied going, yeah, spot on. <laughs> never see it. There'll always be some arguments about where to put these guys in the yeah. list. No, it, it really does depend on how you judge uh, a top 10 pound for pound list. If you're judging it off achievements, then obviously you're going to be putting people like Mikey Garcia near the top. Yeah, um, and if Joshua comes through the fights we talked about earlier, you'd be potentially putting him at the top. You know, you'd be pushing people like Lomachenko a bit, a little bit further down the list because mm-hmm. obviously he's he's yet to to get like a three, four, five world weight champion. You know, when he gets to that level, then you think, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. You know, you got to put him at number one. Um, obviously, Burnett's unified the division, so I do agree that he, he does get himself in there. Canelo, with what he's done, uh, Triple G. You know, we've got. He's done. Um, you, there's arguments for so many people in there. Um, I, I, I think if I'm gonna, you know, sort of, go to the head moment and say it, who would I think would become number one by the end of 2018, um, dependent upon how the fights pan out over the course of the year, I do have this sneaky little feeling that Andy Joshua might do it. But that is dependent upon if he picks up the victories against people like Parker and Wilder uh, and whoever else comes in mm-hmm. to challenge him. If he doesn't, I can see people like Lomachenko taking that spot or the winner of a rematch between Canelo and Triple G because that's going to happen. I think that's been talked yeah. about for the same night of, as, as Hay and Bellew, which should be um, uh, a bit of a shell out for people for pay-per-view wise anyway, for sure. Um, but yeah, you've got so many, so many sort of people to talk about for 2018. Um it's it's when you when you talk about when you think about everything we've talked about over the course of the um hour and a half which we've been doing the podcast for mm-hmm. you think about wow there's actually a lot of exciting things to talk about for 2018 yeah. we could go on all night but we're not and um, we can't forget the little <coughs> man by the way who no one knows to say his name because how do you say his name I, we've written it down before didn't we but yeah. we've not worked out how to pronounce it oh, yet oh um, because he has two names doesn't he what's what are we going to go for we're just going to try and find it now. Um, Never mind, find it. I've got it in front of me. I don't know well, let's have a look. It. Let me have a look. <laughs> right. You can all laugh at him and not me. Where's it gone? Everyone knows who we're talking about anyway. Yeah. Well, say his official name and then his alias name. Right, let's, let's have a go. Here we go. <laughs> so, we've got his official name, as per Boxrec, Wissaskil uh, Wangek. Yeah, that's the easy bit. That's the easy bit. <laughs> well, the alias uh, is Seraket Saw Rungs Fi Vizai. As we know, um, <laughs> the guy that beat Roman Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, uh, it's easy to type on Twitter, isn't it? Because <laughs> you have to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's um, the way I look at it yeah so obviously I think I think a lot of people have already got him in uh, for the current top 10 pound for pounds yeah, anyway definitely. so um, if he continues to do what he's doing will he be there at the end of 2018 we'll see we will genuinely see but I am genuinely looking forward to 2018 um, very excited for how the Northwest is going to progress and the fighters that we've talked about and all the other fighters that you know, we all we all know on a personal level because we've all met him and seen him at the shows and seen him compete. You know, good luck for you for 2018. I'm really looking forward to seeing your journeys. Um, 
I just want to say thanks, obviously, yourself for coming on, uh, taking the time out of your evening to come down and do a podcast uh, for a 2018 preview. And I want to say thank you to, to all the people that are listening to the podcast. And if you're downloading it uh, or you're streaming it, whatever you're doing, please leave a review because uh, it really, really massively helps increase the audience. And, and there's not many boxing podcasts going around in the UK at the moment. There's a couple down south in London. There's the Sky Sports Boxing Podcast, but there's not... Really really a lot else going on and it'd be fantastic if people could leave a review uh, and and share the episode so that people can be introduced to uh, our opinions um, and they are just our opinions Um, I'd love to hear what you've all got to say about your predictions for 2018 Uh, big shout out to every every fighter that we've discussed uh, on the podcast and and all you local guys and all the promoters that we've discussed as well Um, all your local promoters uh, thank you very much for allowing myself and Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat to attend your shows it's been very much appreciated Uh, I'm looking forward to a big year for for that media outlet Um, Luke obviously yourself you, you do a lot of commentary for VIP and some for Box Nation and mm-hmm. a bit for behind the gloves uh, with your um, your writing. What what does your 2018 look like? Good question. Just you know, I'm always at shows, aren't I? And if I'm not working, I'm still at the shows, and that's what I love doing. So we'll see what opportunities I get throughout the year. But just keep following the sport, and if we can get these fights made that we've talked about today, then it's going to be one hell of a year British boxing and world boxing mm, and obviously you're very active on Twitter um, with, with the boxing stuff where can people find you if they want to follow yourself and your opinions on Twitter probably won't uh, <laughs> 15 on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram and all that um, but yeah you'll hear my voice on all the VIP shows if you ever watch all the local guys fighting I'm always droning on a bit like this um, <laughs> So yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, okay, I really enjoyed the podcast today. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to talk about it. Anyway, yeah, when you get into it, it and you think yeah. like, yeah, it's really good. It um, seemed like an hour and a half or whatever we've been sat here for. No, yeah, it's literally an hour and a half. Just just turned an hour and a half. Yeah. So um, yeah, thanks again to yourself. Uh, for anybody who, who who's not already uh, following myself, Eat uh, Sleep Boxing Repeat on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I am trying to get the subscriptions on uh, YouTube up to uh, a very optimistic <laughs> and uh, ambitious 200. It's currently sitting at 69. Um, if you get the opportunity to go onto YouTube and subscribe to that channel, please do, because it really does help uh, get that audience going out there. And it's been a very fantastic six months, and we're in 2018. I'm looking for a very big year. Uh, so if you're enjoying everything that I'm personally doing and the guests that I'm getting on, please, please, please make sure you leave us a review, give it a share on all the social media channels. Um, and if you've got any questions, please just drop us an email. Uh, it's beyond the ropes, boxing podcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can find us at BTR boxing pod on Twitter as well. Uh, so thank you very much, everybody. Uh, thanks to Luke again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Sports social podcast network. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you wanna get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.